Hello, this is Aitana, and you are listening to the Swimming the Straight podcast, where we talk with swimmers of all sorts from the New Zealand swimming arena. From swimming every day through the winter to crossing the Cook Strait, we will hear stories of passion, perseverance, and dedication. Welcome to episode one of season one of Swimming the Strait. I have a very special guest today. He's a swimming teacher, an everyday no matter what swimmer, the founder of the Washing Machines Swimming Group, and the reason why I started swimming in open water. I have the pleasure to talk today to Dougal Dunlop. How are you? Welcome to Swimming the Straight podcast. Uh, thank you, Aitana, for having the time to put up with me <laughs> and listen to me talk. What seems to be is going to be about myself, which I'm not used to doing. There's always a first time for everything. True. I want to, the first thing I want to say is to thank you because uh, you are the person who introduced me to open water swimming. I still can remember the first day that I was trying to go to the pool and it was a beautiful day in Wellington. And you say, you said to me, do you want to come swimming with me? I was like, okay, that's a good idea. And since then <laughs> to now, <laughs> me making a podcast about open water swimming. So thank you very much. No, uh, it was my pleasure. I just uh, tried to do that to a lot of people. And yes, that's what I hear. You've succeeded a little bit in what's going. And uh, you have uh, done so well with your open water swims. You've done more than me. <laughs> well, I had yeah. a good teacher, a good role model. Thank you very much. My pleasure. Tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been swimming for? I had my first swimming lesson in 1956. Evidently, it was a year before I should have because I was only five, and in those days, you didn't learn to swim until you were six. Oh, okay. It was the expert's advice. But I uh, spent more time playing than listening to my swimming teacher. I can see and, that. <laughs> and But grew to love the sport more than any other sport I've done and have never stopped. Since then, I have swum competitively in my younger days. Decided when I was swimming competitively at a reasonably good level at 14, I decided after watching the swimming life, the lifestyle of my swimming coach, that that's what I was going to do. And I have been doing it ever since. So, what is that you liked about that swimming style, about that lifestyle? Well, uh, um, a guy called John Hamilton, he was a swimming teacher in Lower Hutt, and my parents even though we lived in the western suburbs of uh, Linden, close to Tarawa, we were taken out to Lower Hut to swimming lessons at the old outdoor Riddiford pool and the outdoor Nine-Eye pool. And my visions was seeing John walking around in shorts and jandals all day in the sun, teaching people to swim and having a good time. So I decided that that's what I was going to do. And when the time came for me to do it, as truth would tell you now there's no outdoor swimming pools they're all indoor <laughs> but I have never want, not wanted to teach people to swim so this is what you do now do you teach people to and swim and I teach people to swim now 56 years later still doing it every time I swim in the pool I look for you on the side of the pool I have to say so yes I can I can say that I you're always by the side of the pool no. If, I, if you can't see me, you'll be able to hear me, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah. So what is that you love about swimming? I just, it's something that I was, I achieved at with hard work. 
but something I just love doing it. I never had to be woken up to get up early to go to the pool. I always wake up myself. And I was considered a bit of a strange fella by my swimming mates because I always got up and had a shower before I went to the pool oh, okay. to, to train. And uh, they couldn't believe that I did that, but I always did. Why was that? I don't know. It's just a habit I got into. Wake to me wake up, up, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. So what was the time? Like, it was the same as now. The swimmers, I see the, sw the professional swimmers that they get up like crazy hours, like 4.30, 5.00. I think it's just because the all the pools that you're training are owned by the councils and uh, just for plenty of space to be able to swim up and down and early in the morning the public don't come in to muck around in the lanes and there's room to for structured, hard swimming up and down for a couple of hours in the morning. And that's, uh, that's why it's done early in the morning. I would, I, that's the way I've always looked at it anyway. It's, uh, yeah, it's although some of the councils aren't that helpful nowadays, for why I don't know, but... That's yeah. the way it is. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the why I've never got involved in top-level coaching, stuck to teaching. Okay. Yeah. So it is easier kind of thing or more rewarding to teach people or to instead of coaching people? I think it's more rewarding. The um, You never get sick of seeing that the, the look on that child's face. <sighs> I always get emotional when I talk about this. Oh. Well, I can, I can understand because I've seen you by the pool of the water and myself, you just say, oh, come with me, just easy. Like, <laughs> I'll I've, get it out. I could never get sick of seeing that look on that child's face when they've done their first length all on their own without struggling and just said, oh, I can do this now. It's not that hard after all. Dougal was right. <laughs> yeah. Dougal is always right. <laughs> you got it right. <laughs> But yeah, I, I can say that it's a very emotional and very rewarding job because it is such an achievement when you do the first lap on your own. It's like, whoa, I can do this. Yeah, it is, and it's just, uh, I've just, um, I don't know why, but I've just always, I, it's all, I've always done it all those years. When I, I decided when I was, I was swimming competitively, and I decided when I was 14 because of my, Coach John, who we'd been, I'd been helping with some um, special needs kids one morning a week, and I enjoyed help teaching them. And John used to let me do it on, didn't get involved with what I did. And I sort of, and after watching his lifestyle, I decided then that what I was doing, I loved doing with these kids, and that I, I was going to make my living out of it. Although my father always told me you can't make a living out of sport, and told a lot of people that I'd never had a real job. <laughs> oh. Except when I was drain lane for um, working for him. Yeah. Because you, you can't make a living out of sport, he reckoned. But uh, I did. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is like, parents always want us to do something different. But, mm. you know, you have the passion and you have the, the idea and you just go and, and do it. And that is uh, fantastic. And also, I think it's very rewarding. I mean, it opens a lot of... Um, possibilities and a lot of doors for those kids when they realize that they can do it oh definitely it gives if they can achieve it's learning to swim is not easy mm. and you you see you see a, a switch go off in their head when they suddenly this is hard and i've just done it and they and that goes it's a knock-on effect to the other things they do in life you watch children achieve and with parents who of of the children i've taught 
all of a sudden they're swimming eight lengths of the pool instead of eight metres in the pool, then their soccer improves, their cricket improves, their schoolwork improves because they know that they can achieve with a little bit of effort put in. Yeah. And it's a knock. It's a knock-on effect. So it's more so from a success in a swimming pool than a success in running the athletic track. Yeah, yeah. I think that is uh, that makes a difference, and also that that uh, expands to other uh, other places in their lives, because you carry that feeling of having achieved it. Like for me, when I started swimming with you, it was amazing when I got up in the morning early in the morning and it's cold and you do that swim even if it's just like a 10 minute swim then you carry that feeling all day that you've achieved something for yourself something that is not easy that's right and the people you work with too they'll notice it as well and they'll always have a snide remark they can say you didn't go swimming today did you because they can see what the way you the look on your face your eyes and all that sort of thing yes Yes, it's true. Yeah. And then you get to work, and then you've done, and you're on you're on fire straight away. Exactly. And they, some of them mightn't like it, but it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is. Yes. Yeah. So then, uh, tell me more. I started swimming competitively when I was twelve, and I was in a swimming club that swam three days a week, and uh, I went away on holiday with my parents. Took us away on holiday every Christmas for two, three weeks, and I. I joined a squad in New Plymouth and trained every day for two weeks and improved so much that when I came back to Wellington, my parents went to the coach where I was training and said oh, I, sh- I wanted to swim more and I did want to swim more and he said I didn't need to. So we changed changed coaches and I went back to John Hamilton who had taught me to swim to train under him. every. So I travelled out to Lower Hutt every morning and every night to train under him. And then I improved, and at 14, I'd, I think at 14, I was ranked in the top three in New Zealand for my age. Wow. Never, never won a national title, but with the speed I was swimming, I was in the top three with another guy in Wellington, a guy called Tony Freeman, who was my biggest competitor. We had some great fights and became good friends as well. Of course. Swimming yes. in, in what those days was the 110 yards race, which we did. There was no metres in those days. We, we swam in 33 and a third yard pools. That is so interesting. I always wonder why the pool in Freiburg in Wellington, it is 33 metres and one third. Well, it's actually, the Freiburg pool is actually 36 and two third yards long so that you could swim. The, the national distance was 110 yards and 220 metres. So in 440, no, 220 yards, sorry, and 440 yards. So and then when they ch- now they say it's thirty three point three meters when it's actually thirty three point point five. So it was why it was built to that distance. I'll never know. <laughs> Me neither. Uh, I always yeah. I always think when I see that pool that they should have done a fifty meter pool uh, because it's such an amazing. Exactly. Well, I, from my recollection, back in the when it was built in the late early sixties, sixty three, I think it was. Um, there were, the swimming people wanted a 50-metre pool, and I think there was a design done, but they, the experts at the council decided they would build the one that's there now. Beautiful building and all that, but a, a wrong size, a wrong length swimming pool for international yeah. swimming. Yeah. 
Mm. Well, I adore that pool, so even though it's it, not the right, <laughs> the right length. Yeah, it is a good pool, it's just the, the wrong distance. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but it's a perfect pool, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I've swum in a few pools around the world, and I, I think Freiburg Pool is still my favourite. Yeah, it's iconic. So I think it's listed as one of the iconic pools in the, in the world as well because of the design and the way, the way it was built because it's a beautiful design, the, mm. the outside building and that as well. Yeah, it is really mm. nice. And after you finish swimming competitive, what do you do? Did you well, go... I, I swam competitively and when I was 14 through a, um, a, a guy that worked with my father, he got me to join the local surf club. Surf Lifesaving Club. So I uh, got involved in surf lifesaving, swimming in the surf race and the built race, as well as the pool swimming, and had a little bit of success um, provincially at that. Didn't make it nationally, but uh, while I was a junior there, my last year as junior, I was travelling to a swimming camp and had a massive car accident, which uh, knocked me around a bit, and I had to give up sport for a few years because of that. Oh, no. And... Uh, then I made it come back to that. I started teaching swimming instead of swimming. And then I got back into it with the swimming later on just to get my health right. I started swimming. So that that's when my career, my competitive career stopped when I was 17, 18 because of that car accident. Oh, wow. That's terrible. But I never stopped teaching. So, yeah. Yeah. So after your your accident, you recover properly and did you swim at all? Well, until... Some people say I didn't, but uh, <laughs> I did. <laughs> I think you did pretty well. <laughs> yeah, so I did. I had to, I played, I wasn't supposed to play contact sports again, but I played a bit of rugby, always played rugby anyway, which was another passion of mine, but, but I'd stuck to swimming because it was the easiest thing to do. I wasn't supposed to play rugby, but uh, I stuck to swimming and then all my jobs... After that accident, I were managing swimming pools or managing swimming schools or teaching people to swim. That is fantastic. And I've done that ever since, yeah. And then tell me when you started swimming, open water swimming. Well, actually, I never, in my, in my day of competitive swimming, they didn't have a lot of open water swimming as it is nowadays. I think the biggest swim was a 3k open water swim they had at the nationals every year which everybody thought you were nuts if you did it but uh so when i was uh when i had the uh when i was younger i had i hurt my back diving off a diving board and that never came right and then it uh when i was working on a building site i had a i jumped into a a ditch and fractured three vertebrae so, which caused lots of pain in the latter years, and the only thing that re sort of gave it relief was swimming. But uh, turning around in the pool didn't help, so I started swimming in the sea, and found that that had a huge effect on keeping the pain at bay for most of the day. So that's why I've done it and kept doing it and try to do it every day for yeah. a good half an hour or so every day, and that makes it able so I can walk most of the day without pain. Yeah, that is um, such a good a good thing to do, to use the sport that you love. Yeah, that's right, yeah. To so, actually... Uh, and that's when I do, when I work on my stroke, I think about it all the time. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> so I can say do as I do, not as I say. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I have seen you stroke many times because when I started swimming, I was scared. So I was trying to swim as close as you as I could. <laughs> Sometimes you were like, what are you doing here? There's so much ocean. I was like, no, I just, you know, <laughs> I just want to focus yeah, on your stroke. And you go faster than me now. So <laughs> something worked. <laughs> well, work in progress. <laughs> you always have to, you know, yeah. try to to get ahead of your role model. <laughs> and... um. So you go every day, no matter what, no matter... I, I do, no matter what the conditions are, whether it's raining, pouring, big wind, choppy, dead flat, I try and go every morning for that 30 to 40 minute swim. Yeah. And, uh, well, at the moment I'm doing that. Get yes. up every morning, wake up, I wake up every morning at five o'clock. Yes. Even through the winter? And through the winter, yeah, always. Only in togs, no wetsuits. Don't Not under, can't allowed. understand why people wear wetsuits <laughs> in, the, in, the, in this harbour here, which is balmy to balmy-ish all year. All and year round? All year round, <laughs> yeah. So what is the balmy temperature that can get in the winter? Oh, the, the, the balmy-ish, 8.2. 8.2, yeah, balmy. That's, uh, that's a quick 30-minute swim at 8.2, but it's still 30 minutes. Yeah. Mm. But that... The sea hasn't dropped to 8.2 while we've been swimming for about the last seven years. It was about seven years ago when Mark and I swam at 8.2. So yeah. but the lowest it's got since then is nine that we've swum in anyway. So yeah. So do you check the weather every day, the weather I forecast? Check the weather, I check the weather every day, put out a little report on the swimming group I have that I'm swimming with, give them a little report every night to what I'm pretty sure it's going to be like in the morning. Some of them reckon I get it wrong, but I don't think I do. <laughs> I don't think you do either. <laughs> and Pretty also, yeah. if you're going to go anyway, it doesn't really matter what is going to happen, right? No, oh, that's right. It might be, you know, but it's good to know what you're going to look like you're going to go into. You know? so, yeah. uh, good. So tell me more about that group that you have. The group? Oh, yeah. just, that group started, a friend of mine, Mark, and I started swimming in the ocean about 11 years ago, and... Uh, Slowly, people have joined us, and we've now got quite a, a group of people who swim every year. I don't know whether they come for the swim or the coffee they get afterwards, I don't know, but uh, there's a good group every day, ranging from 8 or 10 to 20 people swim every morning in the in the harbour, and a few go out at night time as well. And that we started that about, Mark and I started doing it together about 11 years ago, and just as I, how I met you, you, Itan, I think it just invited you to come and join and swim and you've become an integral part of it, as lots of other people have. And we have now have ranging in uh, 12-year-old boy up to 75-year-old retired lawyer from Wellington, a part of our washing machine group, as we're called. And uh, that's become a quite an eclectic group of people. Indeed. <laughs> ranging from all sorts, from swimming teachers through to scientists, lawyers, firemen, you name it, we've got them in there. You know, um, top-line swimmers, Ruby, who now trains down in Dunedin, but she's part of our swimming group and keeps in touch all the time with messages, as a lot of other people do. There's Mary, who's now back in Spain, but keeps in touch. She's an integral part of the washing machines. There's Desky and 
Holland, who's part of us, keeps in touch on, on as they do on Facebook. And uh, the American girl, Lily Donahue, who swam with Mark and I a lot, right at the beginning, just about, I suppose. Well, she's a part of the washing machine. She started with us. So we're everywhere now. And Eva in Ireland, who's part of it. Yeah. And uh, she swam with us for a while and went back to Ireland because of whānau. And uh, always they'll always be washing machines. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah. For me, it has been very beautiful to see how the group has grown. I did meet you at the very beginning, and then I went away from Wellington for three years. And when I came back, it was the group had grown so much. And it was beautiful to see so many passionate people and what you have done with gathering people from all places and all sorts of backgrounds and all ages, uh, all sharing the passion for the ocean oh it's, it's just a great group of people they just say great friends you know like sonia who is probably the mum of our group yes <laughs> taking food to anna who's in isolation at the moment things like that they all do i know sonia and carol carol's a bit ill so she sonia's taking food around to her some of the others have as well so and all that sort of thing goes on and only too happy to help and that's what a i don't know what you'd call it just a good bunch of people it's, yeah it's great yeah. yeah exactly and also one of the things that i found as well is uh um because there there are a lot of people from other places in the world like new zealand is a, is a hub for international people mm. and sometimes when you're here you feel a little bit your family's not well maybe i'm talking about myself but my family's not here and um i feel that this group of people the washing machines and the swimming made me feel a little bit more at home it's kind of like a, like a family right it's like you know that you're gonna find support that you can go swimming that you can always send a text and say i'm swimming tonight at four someone even if you don't talk to them or you haven't seen them you know that if you send a text in the group and you say i'm going swimming tonight at four thirty, someone is gonna say okay i'm going with you that's right so that's what it's all about it's just that it's just there's no money involved there's uh it's just a voluntary thing that you turn up to do if you want to do. A lot of people can't believe that, but it's the truth. So Yeah, we only look a little bit weird to the people that are wearing wetsuits. But, yeah, yeah. Right? but the people in the wetsuits would look weird. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with that. <Yeah>. Hey, John. <laughs> <laughs> but also, it's so amazing that so many people swim through the winter. Oh, it is now, and it's just a matter of getting you. Like, a lot of them you always used to put their wetsuits on when it was getting down to under 15, which is still just over 15. But you'll find every year one or two more don't put their wetsuits on. Like Sonia, I remember when Sonia used to wear hers. Kevin hasn't put one back on yet, and it looks like they're going to all go all winter. I remember when Murray used to wear a wetsuit. Well, he didn't wear one now. Yeah. Because... First one to give people stick for wearing them now too. Right? Not long ago <laughs> he was, yeah. <laughs> Isn't that right, Murray? <laughs> and uh, I think a really great thing as well is that we have swimmers um, from all stages, like beginners. We welcome begin or you welcome beginners, and we have cook straight oh, it, people, it, topo from all. Levels. Exactly, it's all about getting people in there just having a swim and going down to Lola Stays afterwards for a coffee. Who is a, they're probably a pretty integral part of the washing machines now with the 
two tables at the back of the Lola stays they let us have every morning. So uh, that they're really good. You know, they look after us really well. We have our Christmas function there every year in Charlotte, who is runs Lola stays, looks after us and tremendously well every year. So yeah, it is great to know that there are these familiar things. As I said, for me, that I don't have my family here, I know that I can always go to the pool and I probably find you or go in the morning at seven and I will find people for swimming or I go to coffee at eight and I will find people there. That's that's right, exactly. And it's the same for me. Even if I don't, I usually don't go for a swim, I know I can shoot down at half past seven, eight o'clock and have a coffee and a bit of a chat with somebody anyway or help somebody out. Yeah. If they're having a few problems and they want to have a chat, which happens, and uh, we do all that. Yeah. All of us help people out with, uh, we've got actresses and teachers who are having problems and they want to have a chat, so we do that, try and help them with that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I don't know about the advice that comes from an old swimming teacher. There's a lot of help. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that it would be good advice. You've seen so many things. And, of course, being a teacher, you have seen so many people for so many years, right? You've... And you're you're yeah. good with people. You talk to everyone. You you can talk to the rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I you, anyway, anybody who wants to come and swim, they're welcome with our group. It's just this: anybody who wants to swim with us can come and join in. That's all. Uh, one of the things that I like as well is that it's very supportive when the group is very supportive when people want to do these events. I was talking to Victoria the other day, the Sea Swam Taupo. And she was also talking about the social swimming and how people supported her on these long events. You need the yeah. community. Like That's right. And all the, all the ones that have done Cook Straight, there was Dean came over from Australia and I think somebody, one on the boat came from our group to help him because he was all the way from Oz and his partner had to go home. So he was here on his own and we, we stepped in and helped him. Somebody from our group stepped in and helped him do that. Jonathan, who was over here from England, who just... Walked swam with us a couple of days, and he was amazing. He'd hardly ever done all his swimming in the pool, and he came over and he swam Cook Straight. I think it was the swim he did with us as a washing machine group was the second ocean swim he'd ever had. And then he, no, it wasn't a second, it was a sixth. And then the Cook Straight was the seventh, which he did. The other five were the um, part of the Ocean Sevens group. Wow. So, yeah, he was amazing, Jonathan. And Dean swam with him that way that day and then we've got Rebecca and Corinna and Vic have all well Vic's done Taupo Corinna and Rebecca have done Cook Straight and Omar and all part of the group it's so we're all I'm claiming a bit of success myself actually of course yeah <laughs> of course you are as they've a... all got a hat with washing machines on so yeah exactly <laughs> they are they all have yeah. the washing machine cap on yeah. Yeah. which is I'm pretty sure that they wore it very proud <laughs> I haven't worn one yet, but it's all right. Mm. Yeah, I know. You don't wear a, a hat, a, a hat, a cap either, right? No, no, no. Just talks and goggles. That's it. Yep. Yeah. Mm. Well, thank you very much for that. Is there anything else you would like to share with us? No, just come and join us. 7 o'clock by the tree on Fly Big Beach, 7.30 Saturday and Sunday, and have a swim. That's it. Yeah. Great. Thank you very much for joining us joining us today Dugal it was great to talk to you and thank you again for asking me that day do you want to come for a swim 
And uh, oh, it's what was my probably one of the best things I ever did. You're part of the whānau now, so it's. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah. And I see you in the water. Yep, definitely. I'll be there in the morning. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Swimming the Strait podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast, connect on social media at Swimming the Strait, and leave us a rating on your favorite podcast platform.